All right, so this morning we're kicking off week four of our uh, Things God Cannot Do series. So uh, at the top of your handout, you'll see the memory passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Actually, really short verses, so it's not as complicated as it looks. So anybody that knows 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 can stand now. I've got a whole new set of stuff from... Oh, look here. Way to go, Miss Carrie. Cool. <clears throat> you trying to memorize it furiously, Albert? No. Yeah, I've seen what books were up here. Oh, you've seen what's up here. So he wanted, <laughs> so wanted to try to memorize it quickly to get us something. Okay, that's cool. All right. Miss Amy V? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yes, it is. Thank you much. People ask me all the time, what's God's will? What's God's will? Well, he actually says what God's will is. And this is one of those where he says what God's will is. It's kind of easy. So, yes. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Yes. And everything give thanks for this will of Christ Jesus in you. Absolutely. Very good. Miss Carrie, you got it? Okay. You're not nervous, are you? I'll try not to distract you too much. All right. Has Justin stopped playing the game on his iPhone? Yes. He has? Okay. <laughs> Great. Just making sure. I didn't want that to distract you either. So, go right ahead. Yes. And in all circumstances, give thanks. Yes. For this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Very good. Excellent. All right. Thank you much. So this is something that we started a couple of uh, months ago in one of the series with uh, memory verses. And uh, if you want to say the memory verse before class, before I start to teach, uh, there's something, either a CD or a book or lots of different things up front to pick from. So... Uh, This is week four so far in this series. We have looked at several different concepts. God cannot forsake his own. He cannot lie. He cannot fail. And he can't leave things unfinished. Um, I like the way Dave Barber uh, encapsulated this. And we we serve a beautifully self-limiting God. This is the things that he self-limits himself with. Um, And today we look at the concept that God cannot save without faith. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of crack the door a little bit into how I study and how I get ready for a lesson and whatnot. And sometimes when I've got an idea and if you've read some scripture and this is where this is going and whatnot, the, uh, it helps for me to have some guideposts or some boundaries around this is where this lesson needs to fit within. I can't get outside these theological walls. So I'm, I'm going to show you my theological walls for this lesson. Uh, There's two blanks here on your handout. Number one is God loves everyone. I think we could agree with that, right? It's pretty straightforward. We're all in alignment with that one. And the second one is the one that that we might say we believe, but we don't act like we believe it all the time. And it's God loves everyone equally. And this one's a little more challenging, right? Because, Because we look around and we go, well, it sure looks like God loves that person more than he loves me. Or we look around and we go, and we don't verbalize this nearly this way, God loves me way more than he loves this other person over here. We act like that sometimes, right? Can you resonate with that a little bit? So these are the, the, the thoughts that are going to frame today's lesson. Um, and sometimes I'll be studying for a lesson, and I'll, I'll get some ideas down and get some ideas down and think and think and think and pray and get some ideas down. And I'll come to the point where I go, I don't think, I think I've kind of gotten off track here. And many of you uh, have, uh, probably everybody has worked on some type of computer equipment at some point in your life. You've used it. And you know if there's something that ever goes wrong with a computer, what's the first thing somebody that knows about computers will tell you to do? Reboot it, right? You just restart it. 
So this is kind of how I restart in studying for a lesson, is go back to the things that I'm going to frame everything with. And I did this many, many times this week, looking at God loves everyone and God loves everyone equally. So this is my reboot process. Uh, so let's look at God cannot save without faith. And this is, it really stems from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. And these are in your notes, so if you want to look at your handout. Then Peter opened his mouth and said... Always makes you nervous when you see these words in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you see those words in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, get ready because he's about to do something silly. When you see those words in Acts, get ready because he's about to do something cool. Because the coward in the Gospels has become courageous in Acts and totally different. It's, a, it's one of the most beautiful illustrations of how the cross changes somebody in all of Scripture. You've got this loud mouth fisherman who just will not shut up and will not stop doing really stupid things in the Gospels. And then the cross happens and the resurrection occurs and everything is different. And it radically changes everything about Peter. And now he's, he's understanding all this stuff. So what he says, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So they've got some, a line in purple there on your handout. <coughs> Ever had a day when you liked one child more than another? What about a neighbor or a coworker? We, we all kind of are there, right? I mean, there's all been a point at which, you know, I just really don't like you today. God told me to love you, and I'm working on that, but I don't like you at all. We've hidden behind this one, right? Yes. Um, and I was thinking about the concept of favoritism and how it is extremely difficult uh, to not show favoritism. Um, and the only thing I could come up with is that God is the only parent who doesn't show favoritism, which that is just really tough. God does not play favorites. And I don't know how he does that, right? I just don't know how he does that. How can he love Abby like he loves Doug. I don't know. I don't get that. But he does. And that's good for us, right? This is very, very good for us. It's good for us in that there's not something I can do that makes him love me more. It's not something that, that I don't do that makes him love me less. This is very, very good for us. Uh, one of my favorite concepts is illustrated in Revelation. Uh, and it's not, it's not part of the, the bowls and the vials and the the really bad stuff that wrecks the world and all that kind of thing. It's Revelation 5, 9. It says, And they sang a new song, these are the people in heaven, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were, they're singing to Jesus here, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of what? Every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So however you want to uh, divide up people on the earth, there's going to be somebody from everywhere, which that's pretty cool. So if you don't like diversity, you will not enjoy heaven because <laughs> heaven will be incredibly diverse. Heaven will have every sh shade of color, every language. So this was, this was the interesting thing is they remembered their languages here. They remembered where they came from and what God saved them out of and how this works. It's beautiful. And it's not just a one-time thing. This is repeated in Revelation 7, 9. It says, after these things I looked... And behold, a great multitude which no one could number, 
That's encouraging, isn't it? A great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands. That's pretty cool. From all over. God does not show partiality. The, the problem, though, is that admittance into this little party is not free, right? That's not the way this works. Admittance is based on faith in Jesus Christ's finished work, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Has always been that way, always will be that way. So let's look at a couple passages that show the always has been that way. So in, in my mind, Genesis 3 is a great example of I don't get to do something to make God like me more, okay? So... Uh, so Genesis 1, God makes everything. Genesis 2, uh, Adam and Eve uh, hanging out, doing their thing. Genesis 3, the snake shows up, starts talking, and then it was walking, and then was, wasn't walking, I guess. Um, and what happens in Genesis chapter 3? The fall, with a capital F, right? Everything falls apart. It's bad. God gives Adam and Eve the first lecture to children in the world, right? He says, because you did this, now these are the consequences. Because you did this, now these are the consequences. Turns to the snake. Because you did this, now these are the consequences. And then there's this beautiful verse 21. It says, also. It's just beautiful. Because God is interested in loving his children. So there's an also. For Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And this is the piece that I don't ever remember reading before, the and clothed them part. Because Adam and Eve had never put on clothes before, so they didn't know this worked. This was kind of a new thing for them. They'd never heard of clothes before. It wasn't like there was a gap or a bass outlet on every corner. It was just, there was nothing. Literally, there was nothing, um, and it was okay. But he made clothes for them, and then he clothed them. So, so what part did they play in their redemption? What part did they play in the covering and the fixing of their skin, of their sin? <laughs> yeah, it was a Freudian slip right there, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, They didn't play any part in it. They just received it. They just received it. So even back in the garden of Eden, God set this precedent of, I'm not going to show partiality. He did it to both of them, right? Equally. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman. There was no partiality here. It was free. It didn't cost them anything. God didn't say, now this sheep costs $7.99 a pound. This sheep over here is the really good sheep. This is $12.99 a pound. This is a better sacrifice. No, no, no. He found a sacrifice. He got his hands bloody God got his hands bloody. Have you, ever, have you ever made a skin, taken a skin from an animal and made clothes? Anybody ever done this? I actually saw a discovery thing on this a couple months ago. I was like, it was horrible. They started from bah, all, all the way to, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, I don't know if that's how they always do it, but it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. He clothed them. So you say, well, that's just one example. Yes, that's one example. There's a whole bunch more. So open your Bibles up to Genesis chapter 6. We'll talk through one of the most uh, miscommunicated stories in all of Scripture, in my opinion. 
Genesis chapter 6. So Genesis chapter 1 is creation. Chapter 2 is uh, Adam and Eve hanging out. Genesis chapter 3, the fall. 4 is babies and babies and babies and babies and babies. 5 is more babies and babies because you've got to populate the whole world here, right? 6, we get to who? <clears throat> who we get to in chapter 6? Everybody's favorite, Noah. Yes, we get to Noah. So we'll start with verse 1 in chapter 6. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. You want to know why you don't know anybody that's older than 120? That's why you don't know anybody that's older than 120. Verse 4, there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Get this next little part. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Sounds like a great place to live, right? Let's bring up a family in that neighborhood. No. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. And I don't know what the beast did, but they were lumped in here too. Creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then verse 9, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a what? Just man, perfect in his generations. Your translations may say righteous. Noah walked with God. Now, what we do here is we get the order all messed up. We get the order all messed up. Because the way we like to explain this to our kids is that the whole earth was bad and Noah was good. So God picked Noah. No, 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 no. The whole earth was bad. Noah included, and God picked Noah. Then Noah was good. You will never find in the scriptures the Bible describing anybody as good or righteous before an encounter with God. It doesn't work that way. The only time you're described as good or righteous in the scripture is after an encounter with God. It always happens after. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, we want to say that God picked Noah because Noah was good. God picked Noah because God was good. That's, that's why God picked Noah. There's no other reason. They were all bad. So you say, Jim, what does this have to do with uh, it's always been this way? What did Noah do so that God picked him? <coughs> he was just there. That's how grace works. Grace isn't fair. Grace doesn't make any sense. And grace in action makes people go, that's favoritism. Yeah, he likes us all. It's pretty cool like that. And that's good for us. This is amazing for us. This is phenomenally, ridiculously good news for us. It's such good news that in the New Testament, the G and the N are capitalized. It's good news. It is the good news. So... Just like God picked Noah 
and then God provided a means of physical salvation for Noah and his family, Noah had no physical means to protect himself from the water that was coming. If God had not told Noah what to do, what would have happened to Noah and his family? They'd have drowned, and we would have something else in Genesis chapter 6. We'd be studying about some other dude, right? And kids in first and second grade classrooms today would not be named Noah. Right? That's the way this would work. But Jesus saves us from the damnation that is coming that we have no way to fix or save ourselves from. It's the same story. The the beautiful thing about the Bible that, that I have come to realize in the last few years is it's the exact same story told a whole bunch of different ways. It's all about redemption. Jesus shows up in a host of different ways here. It is beautiful. So you say, well, it stops in Genesis chapter 6, right? No, 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 it it keeps going. So Genesis chapter 15. Flip a couple pages over to Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1 says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? That sounds like our prayers a lot of times, doesn't it? I'm in trouble. What will you give me? I just, I almost can see him pounding his fist on a table somewhere. What will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, which is another way of saying, he ain't my boy. Okay? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he, big H, brought him, little h, outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And God said to Abram, So shall your descendants be. And he, little h, believed in the Lord, and he, big H, God, accounted it to Abram for righteousness. Belief gets your account credited with righteousness. That's the only way that deposit gets made. Now, my employer pays me every two weeks. Tomorrow is payday. Yes. Um, Which is good because we took a trip this week, so yay. Uh, No, 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 no. That's not how that works. You pay for things first, right? Um, So there's a deposit that gets made somehow in cyberspace where my employer tells the bank, put this much in this account at this time. Okay? Now, we recently switched uh, 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 human resources systems, for lack of a better term, just kind of all lumped in. So all the stuff that tracks people, that tracks payroll, that tracks all that stuff, we just changed systems in the last six months where I work. It's a very complicated process. I don't understand why it's that complicated, but it's really, really complicated. And there were a couple of people whose accounts didn't get credited at the right time. There were a couple people who got credited early with an amount that was too big by a decimal place. Now, this is a problem, right? 
There were a couple of people that got credited too late, too little, by a decimal place. This is also a problem. And the speed with which the company makes it right is incredibly important here. (laughs) Both directions. One, because you don't want to have one of those movies on your hand where the kid goes to the teller and he goes, oh, wow, I've got (gasps) party time. You know, that's that's not good. And then you also don't want mortgage checks bouncing. That's not good either, right? But when we have faith in God and what he says is right and true, God takes and he deposits into our account righteousness, which is why good and righteous actions come after salvation and not before. There's nothing in the bank account to act on before the faith in Christ. Does this make sense? The account is empty. We are writing checks and there is nothing there. Now, I grew up in a town, a very small town, and you could walk into certain restaurants or certain uh, businesses and you would see checks up on the wall. You've you've seen this before, yes. And these are checks from people that uh, wrote a check with too little in the account. And this was the public shaming process of just in case you wanted to know who doesn't have any money in their bank account, this is who doesn't have any money in their bank account. And we will let you know that, and we will not take checks from them either. Okay? You guys have seen this before. Same concept here. When you see someone doing good and trying to be righteous, this is air quotes for those on the podcast, uh, doing good and trying to be righteous, and there's nothing in the bank account, it's fairly obvious most times, right? And then you meet Jesus. Oh, there's something deposited in the bank account. Now you can be good and be righteous because he put something in the bank account. Does this make sense? Yeah? Okay, good. So it's always been that way. It has. It really has. And it's always going to be this way. God never plays favorites. Uh, John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We, we weren't involved in that whole, whole first clause other than we existed. Yay, we existed. Cool. God loved. God gave his son. He saw the need. He acted on it. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the only way, here's your blank, the only way not to perish is to have faith. And we don't talk about this very much. We don't like to use the H word. Because the H word scares people. And it's offensive. Well, yeah, it's offensive. It's eternal damnation. That's pretty offensive. Yeah, that's about the most offensive thing that there is. Like, yeah, you're going to go to hell if you don't trust in Christ. Yep, that's pretty offensive. You try to soften that any way, shape, or form. Nope. You can't, you can't make that look pretty. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Capital H. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So the only way to please God is through faith. And this is the, these are the two verses that I love the most in this whole, in this whole lesson. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
So the only way to have peace with God is through faith. So yes, Dave, I did alliterate, but they're all Bible words straight out of the text, okay? You got to give me that one, right? Okay, thanks. So the only way to have peace with God is through faith. Now, uh, I'm going to share a website with you guys that hopefully will save you some money. It's called Retail Me Not. You ever heard of Retail Me Not? Uh, before you purchase anything on the internet, please go to Retail Me Not because they have these coupon codes. You, you know when you go to check out on a website and it's got, please enter your coupon code here. And you're going, I wish I had a coupon code. Well, they've got one. They do. And, and it is, for me, a, a, a good second option for, let's lower that price just a little bit. And sometimes it's a whole lot. Sometimes it's like half or something. It's just crazy. It's, it's fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, there's no discount coupon gift code for getting into heaven. There's nothing that you can go to Retail Me Not for, and it pulls up a code, and you give that code to God, and he goes, you know what, that bar that I set way up here, I'm going to bring that bar way down where you can get over it. Doesn't work that way. There's no plan B. There's no second option. There's no Retail Me Not for getting into heaven. We're all sinners, and we all need Jesus Christ to save us from our sin and from the repercussions of our sin. That's the only way it works. So why is this good for us? So, so far, this may sound like a really negative lesson because I've talked about some negative stuff, but let's go back to those two things that frame the whole thing. God loves everyone, and God loves everyone equally, right? So God loves everyone, and God loves everyone equally. I can have a hope for the future because God's not going to change the rules about getting into heaven. How awful would this be? How awful would it be that you woke up tomorrow morning and instead of these words that are printed on that page, totally different words are there. And he's changed the whole rules. Literally, the rule book has changed. And there's some other way to get to heaven now. Well, what if I didn't read the rule book that day? That's a problem. What if, what if nobody told me that the rules changed? That's a problem. See, the standard being the standard is good for us. It is healthy for us. This, th there's some things that help here. Uh, your next line says, consistency breeds confidence. When you get in your vehicle and drive out of this parking lot today, you have some confidence that your car has not fundamentally changed since you parked it. <laughs> right? Imagine, imagine if every time you got in, every button meant something different. And the pedals switched randomly. Oh, wow. This could be interesting, right? You'd see much bigger bumpers on cars, I think. Right? That would be the way that works. Consistency breeds confidence. Confidence breeds hope. And we have hope because of faith. Because that faith deposits the righteousness in the account. And now I have something that I can literally bank on. Right? It's there. It's something I can bank on. It's something I can use every single day. So, what's the point? Well, faith has always been, is, and will always be required for salvation. That will never change. It's wonderful that it never changes. Number two, without faith, hell is the result. As clear as I can make it. With faith, heaven is the result. That's as clear as I can make it. So what do I do with that? Put my faith in Jesus Christ. And this isn't a one-time thing, guys. This isn't a, uh, I was saved when I was eight years old, and that's all, I, that's all the faith that I needed. No, I need faith every single day. So what else do I do? Well, number two, tell others about hell. Bet you never saw that coming, did you? I'm going to write the word hell twice on my handout today for Sunday school. 
Yeah, and then number three, tell others about heaven. Tell others about heaven. Both of these are an act of love. They are true realities. They're the only options at the end of this version of life. They're the only ones. God loves everyone equally all the time. And we should too. And this is how we can do that, is to engage in these conversations with each other about the realities of life. Does that make sense? Cool. So, the memory verse at the end is Acts 10, 34, and 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, and just chuckle every time you read that part, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The bar has never changed, and it never will. So that's the lesson for today. If you'll make sure on your tables, if you'll... Make sure everybody's name is written in that section at the bottom. Share your prayer requests. Take a couple minutes. Uh, pray as a table. Albert's got to move since he's by himself. Um, look at him. You've got friends calling out for you. That's pretty cool, man. Wow. And uh, pray and you are dismissed. So thanks for coming today, guys.